Good morning, Ziad. Good morning, Foz. How are you? Hey, good. How are you? <laughs> I'm already chuckling. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, well, let's start. First things first. How is the weather in San Francisco? It's beautiful today. It was foggy. So we call our fog out here Carl. So Carl the Fog uh, made his presence known yesterday. And today, gone out to the ocean, and it's sunny. It's beautiful. How about you? What's going on in Boston? <laughs> We have we have a hot day. It's I think it was in the yesterday was in the low eighties, mid eighties. So oh my god, uh, yeah, the road. See, hot, were... hot for us is about sixty eight, sixty nine or so, so. So yeah, no, this is it's this all relative. The, the roads are packed with students coming in for summer programs. The city wow. makes a ton of money at this time of year because everybody wants to be in Boston. And, and, uh, that's, that's, so, that's beautiful. Um, it's yeah. a perfect time to promote Boston before the winter shows up, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're yes, in for a surprise. Yes, that's where we, yes, but the summer is so nice that for some reason we forget that winter yeah. was didn't even existed. And, uh, and then every year it's the same dance until you have a nervous breakdown and you can't do it anymore. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love Boston. It's beautiful. And the history, I mean, the history of that place, it's just incredible. So yeah, there was a question yesterday. So someone was, a friend of mine was talking that about the tea party and they do a tea party reenactment every half an hour. And I no. didn't solve no. that dilemma. <laughs> tea in the water or... Or something else. So I have to. Uh, maybe if one of our listeners can tell us the answer. Um, oh, that's a good idea. We yeah. can go. We can, or we can Google it. So we can. No, it's no, have no. a listener. Tell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's what angel investors do: is make other people do the work. <laughs> that's true. That might be an East Coast thing, by the way. We do have East Coast West Coast rivalry going on a little bit. Of who does more so, work or who does less? No, work. who throws. We don't throw tea in the water. That's polluting the water, you see. Yes. No, we're, yeah. yeah. So, we're, we're, I mean, the Charles River was very polluted over the past, I don't know, 40 years. And now sure. there were people windsurfing. So we're, uh, wow, we're on the hip and happening side of life. You're uh, welcome. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, some MIT kids invented something that fixed everything. Uh, however, let us point out that those MIT kids most likely came from California and went to MIT. Just I want to yes, and sometimes potential. They, graduate, they can't raise money here, so they they leave, and that's right. the, the the sore right. subject of uh, Facebook that was here right. and then couldn't raise money and then went to the West Coast. Hey, and, you know that's interesting. You said that right because Microsoft. A lot of people don't know either that Microsoft actually had its home. Was it Amazon or I forget which one? One of them had their home bases. No, it was Amazon. They were in New Mexico to begin with, and they couldn't make it in New Mexico, so they left. And, well, that's the whole it's persistence. It's you just keep going. They don't. Yeah, you're not happy here. You go somewhere else. You find that's right. your sweet spot, and then you uh, you push hard, and then you the pers the pers. I mean, it's key. We keep. Let's just. Shut down the show, shut down everything. Persistence <laughs> is it. If you're persistent, it you can make it. Persistence. Uh, the question is, how do you know if an entrepreneur is actually persistent yeah. through 
when you first meet them and when they do the pitch and yeah. um, something came up that, that I need to address with you and get your expert opinion. Let's hear uh, it. I, I do need to remi- remind people that you are one of the foremost experts. Um, what do you do if a founder <laughs> yep. is, doesn't have good showmanship to put up a show when they're doing a good pres- when they're pitching. Um, yeah, yeah, that's um, that, that is a challenge. You've seen it before. I've yeah, seen it, it before. It doesn't and... mean. I mean, it requires pitching. Requires some level of showmanship. You're at least to injured it's, groups. It's very true. It's very true. By the way, I just want to point out one thing. You're you're also uh, highly regarded in the angel community. So, <laughs> so um, and, and I love I love your sophistication too because you used a very powerful word, which is persistence. Um, on the West Coast, we call it we call it grit. It's grit, you know. <laughs> Not to be confused with uh, with Southern hospitality grit that you might get in a bowl that's really wonderful to eat, but but grit, you know, someone who just has this uh, this tenacity and this ability to overcome. There was a, uh, a ski slope. Mm-hmm. It's still there. It's one of the hardest ski slopes in in a resort I used to frequent. Is uh, called uh, True Grit. True grit, fascinating, fascinating. Yeah, that's that. <laughs> it's probably like a quadruple black diamond. Yeah, run. it's used to scare the heck out of me. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then you oh, you leave, that's... you finish the slope really embarrassed because the, it almost is asking you, do you have true grit? <laughs> right. It can... Right. <laughs> it's 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 actually hitting that fear nerve inside of you that's going oh my god can i actually do this or can i yeah. not can you raise money can you uh, survive so let me let me see if i can take a crack at what you just asked earlier about you know what do you do or what can be done about an entrepreneur who presents but doesn't present the best of what they have to offer and um and i'm i'm going to tie this into um some of the responsibility that the entrepreneur has, which is obviously to prepare and to know what they are walking into, he or she. And the other part of it also, I think, and I'm going to speak again more West Coasty language, um, because I also believe that if we have invited them to come to an angel presentation, then somebody in our group took interest in them that's the only reason they would have shown up. That means a champion showed, showed interest, and then we invited because there's opportunity. So it's in our in our world, it's the champion and the entrepreneur who should be working hand to hand, essentially uh, preparing for the meeting. Um, I do this all the time. I really don't want entrepreneurs to show up and not be on tune in tune with, um, and that doesn't mean I tell them what to say. I just basically say, you know what, to present yourself in the best foot forward, uh, there are very important questions that you need to make sure you address. And timing, by the way, the timing of content in your pitch deck can change the energy in the room. So if you leave your business model to the very end of a presentation, you may have already lost people uh, in the room because they want to hear about how you make money up front. So what do you, what do you think of that? 
Yeah, yeah uh, uh, it is. It's a show, so you have to have a climax at some point. You have to mm-hmm. tell a story that takes your your audience to a certain level, and you have to uh, figure out when. So you can start with your strongest slide or your your and grab people's imagination up front and maybe lose them over time or right. take them through a slow climb. Um, it, it depends. And it's, uh, it, it has to do the entrepreneur. Well, the entrepreneur is the salesperson in chief, unless it's pure mm-hmm. science and you're not really going out and selling your product, even though you have to raise money and sell it to the FDA and sell it to... Um, your, if you cannot sell your business to a bunch of investors, we have a problem. And, it's true. Uh, it's true. Can uh, I tell you a quick story? Yeah. yeah. And it actually, it actually it comes from your, uh, your neck of the woods in Boston. One of my very dear friends uh, and a venture partner with me um, in Femtech. Actually, she told me a fascinating story about uh, an entrepreneur that came into her office and presented the story, okay? And it's actually, it's, it takes a lot of guts to do what this entrepreneur did. And I'm paraphrasing, so I may miss details, but the entrepreneur essentially came in and said to the partner, um, here are five reasons why I don't think you should invest in me. It's part of the story. Five reasons why I don't think you should invest in me. And essentially laid out the risk associated with the opportunity and the technology risk, and the market risk, all these things. Here's five reasons why I don't think you should invest in me. And then paused and said, and by the way, here are five reasons why I do think you should invest in me. Um, And it was actually, it's a contrarian approach. It took a lot of guts to do this, right? But the entrepreneur, essentially being an engineer and being very technically focused, said, you know what, I I just want to show that it's, to your point on the last episode, which is to show essentially that I understand you, uh, investor. I understand you're looking at my risks and you're trying to de-risk me, but let me present to you how I understand my own reality. And let me also show you where I can succeed. And they're, they're saying that we understand there is risk because you don't want a cheerleading squad. You don't want someone who comes and says, this is all amazing. We're going to uh, have this hockey stick. Life is good. As opposed to here are the challenges. And, and, uh, that's, yeah. and that's where I think I get a little bit nervous when I see too much of a polished show. If there is a show, and I know this is not where we're going with this because you and I both agree quality of a presentation is really what we're talking about. If there's too much of a polished show that becomes just a sales job of rah 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 and you know cheerleading, I I'm I'm not fond of those either. That means you're just not really aware of what is around you, the competition, the IP. Um, and, and these are important factors to present yourself. And you know, bad things are going to happen along the way. So you're, you're. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm putting together a top ten, a, a ten list of items to do in a pitch presentation. That's great. And then I'm going to put it on LinkedIn. So every awesome. show, I'll probably mention one. That's fantastic. But I, uh, I saw your, I saw your last posting where you I essentially outlined skills. Yeah. These are the these are the skills that you should have by the time you're you're doing a startup, 
and there were also other areas of abilities, right? Yeah, I mean, and that, that gives you power. So if you know QuickBooks, or mm -hmm. if you know graphic design, or if you know mm -hmm. how to, you should know how to manage uh, a CRM tool, constant contact, or or uh, whatever. I know you use one Slack mm -hmm. or something. Mm -hmm. uh, um, and then you have to have these tools so you're not dependent on others because you're going That's to, right. how to manage your uh, Office 360 account admin okay. tools, how to, uh, and also understand the concept of cap tables and this and that. But, right. uh, but one of my favorite uh, pitching advice I give people, I mean, I have a whole bunch, but there is one that I like is people tend to remember the first thing you said and the last thing you said. And everything in the middle, is, <laughs> no one remembers. It's, it's so true, right? The, the first slide is very important. And the yeah. last slide is very important. So, yes. so mm -hmm. uh, uh, make sure. Tell me, to, your, yeah. tell, tell me your suggestions for what the first slide should be and what the last slide should be. I think the first slide should be uh, uh, something, well, some people advocate that the first slide should not just be your logo because mm -hmm. if you're sitting, if everybody's sitting and waiting for you to start, there's all this time where people are looking at the screen and they just see your logo. You okay. should put something there that grabs people's imagination or okay. something a little bit funny or, or mm -hmm. a big tagline. Um, mm -hmm. and, and to give some credit to someone who, to, uh, I won't name them by name, but their, their first name starts with L. And that lady said something uh, really interesting. She said, the font size of a pitch presentation should be half of the average age in the room. Oh, and you, by the way, just going? so we know, yeah, exactly. are you going to have to pay royalties on this yes, one? Yes, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So anyway, so to continue, so the first slide is the logo. The second slide, I think, should be I call it the imagination slide. Grab my imagination. Tell me that you've been featured on the New York Times, uh, uh, or or tell me something amazing you've done. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, since you've started, not necessarily with money, something. Don't don't tell me what you're going to do. We're going to cure cancer. Okay, we know. Who cares? Uh, mm -hmm. Tell me that you've cured cancer, or tell me uh, here's uh, Mrs. or Mr. Uh, X, and they mm -hmm. uh, are on our clinical trial, and their their tumor uh, shrank to zero, mm -hmm. uh, or or we've signed up. Since inception, we've signed up 10 huge corporations or whatever. And then the last slide, some people use it as a summary, which, which, is, which is reasonable, where you mm -hmm. say, okay, thank you very much. Uh, um, uh, just a remark, in summary, we are a great team. We've achieved so much. And now we're, uh, we're excited to uh, have you on board. And don't be uh, talk as if people are with you as opposed to uh, so instead of saying um, will you join us say mm -hmm. we're excited to have you on board nice so then Great. your your matter of fact um, uh, and then take people through a story mm -hmm. I keep saying this is a line that I came up with so royalties mm -hmm. come to me 
<laughs> the shortest distance between an investor and an entrepreneur yeah. is a yeah. story. This is true. I've seen you post that on LinkedIn. Yes, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I, I like those. I mean, I have actually physically liked them. They are awesome. This is awesome. Yeah, and, and I actually require you to mention me every time you mention this outside the podcast. So of clear. course I do. It's always full attribution. I'll mention your ac acronyms. You mention my things. You got it. You got it. So, so you know me. Uh, I'm I'm a I'm a healthcare and science geek. So I've spent a lot of time working on science projects in the lab. And so I learned something a long time ago, and I want to share this uh, with, with the audience. I don't think I've, I've told you this, but this is what I learned about a presentation. It's very simple, right? Um, it's through, tell them, tell them what you're going to say, period. Tell them, period. Tell them what you said. So tell them what you're oh, going to say. Okay, I like it. Tell like them. It. Tell them what you said. So essentially, it's it's essentially what you just said. But the the summary is, you know, prepare the prepare the room for what you're about to present. This is a great opportunity. Our business model revolves around B two B play. We're going to be a 10x uh, return on your investment. That's what I want to tell you, and I'm going to end it that way too. And then in the middle, I'm going to present to you why I think this story is so compelling. Again, just very simple expression. Um, that is. That is the cleanest way to to present yourself. And then and basically, wanted... you've 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 repeated it three times. Three times, and so it's a magic, th right? It's a magic yeah. three. Yeah. <laughs> but it's yeah. true. Three is something memorable. And then here's here's my suggestion for. And remember, I'm a science healthcare guy, so I don't look at anything else other than healthcare and life sciences. Yeah, but, but now uh, everything is healthcare and life science. <laughs> right, that's true. But here's what I suggest for first and last slides. The first slide should definitely be something catchy, but it should also include the uh, entrepreneur's name, their email address, a URL, um, and then you write some sort of a catchy thing about what the presentation is all about. And the reason I suggest that is, um, you know, people in a room are multitasking and they're doing lots of different things, and many times they're looking up information on the company. So if you give me a URL or a LinkedIn or any of those things, then I have something to do with my phone and my fingers as I'm listening to you. And then the middle is your story, and there's always different ways of telling yourself. But the last slide, Siad, is so important not to just say thank you, but to wrap it up with an economic story. And I want to emphasize that you have to there's so many shiny objects, you have so much deal flow, you have so many things to do and to prepare for, and you could easily pass on a deal because the economic story wasn't presented to you, you have to do it yourself. So I tell entrepreneurs, don't force me to do that. Tell me what your plans are. That's the where future. the lazy angel comes into play. Don't make yeah. me think. Don't, about, make, don't make me think, but it's so important. The math and, and it's so it, important. Yeah. Tell, tell me your math. Tell me your, your plans for the economics of this deal. Tell me how this investment in the next round and the next round is going to lead to a 3x or a 4x. So are you jump. okay with multiple presenters, meaning uh, there are two co-founders 
Right. And I'll tell you immediately, I don't like that at all, where they take right. turns. Like one person um, talks about, uh, I don't know, the product, and then the other co-founder talks about the market, and then they go back and forth, and one steps in and one steps back and all that dance. And I'm going to agree with you, uh, which you may think is unusual. However, I do. I agree with you. You do agree. I, Excellent. I do agree, and I'll tell you the reason why. I think it's distracting. I think it's distracting for the given time period that the entrepreneur has. It should, again, it's their choice, but I feel that it's better to have one voice presenting the content. You can have people in the room that you point to, but it's better to have one voice. One, one voice continue. and your co-founder could step stand back and be supporting material. So if there's a question that comes up and here's the why, because then you as a as an audience have to remember who discussed the market so i need to ask a question about the market and remember which founder talked about the market and it's it's too much of a headache it is uh, too much of a headache and, 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 and remember and, yeah. i'm i'm going to repeat the fact that people in the room are multitasking so as soon as you distract me i'm uh i, I i'm somewhat lost i'm trying to stay on the on the rail that you're putting for me as your story the moment that I have to ask a question, the moment that I hear something different, even if it's a different voice, you've distracted me. And that's not really good for the entrepreneur's story. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And you have to grab their, their attention. And, yeah. And then also the, my other favorite saying is that a pitch presentation is done when you're done taking information out of it. That is, yeah. is hard You're gonna to... have to pay yourself royalties, you know that, right? <laughs> That is, I mean, it's so hard because if you tell people 10 minutes, they are going to, like, I've rarely seen someone who took five minutes out of the allocated 10. It's as if it's like, well, if you don't use the full 10, you're going to lose it. Um, because you can tell your story in six slides. Okay. Hello, this is my name. This is what I'm doing. Uh, we've done some exciting things and uh, blah, blah, blah. Um, okay. So, uh, yeah. I mean, this, pitching is, is, and sometimes I, I want to be on the other side and test my <laughs> pitching skills because it feels, yeah, we give people advice and it's so easy. And it's like, okay, why don't you go, go try do it? Right. And, right. Uh, and I, I, did, I do it when I champion companies and I give an update um, and try to be as concise and simple and theatric as I can. You know, you said something early on, Ziad, I want to touch back into that. You talked about this idea of showmanship. You know what I really look for, or grit, or persistence, or all these things that come into entrepreneurship. What I really look for is um, my sense of comfort with the person telling the story. Um, do, I want to, do I want to learn more is obviously a first question. Do I believe they can do what they're saying they can do? Uh, is there an opportunity here that we can all get a nice ROI? But at the end of the day, these are the people I'm going to have to work with. Do I want to work with them? Do I believe them? Do I believe they have grit, staying power? And is there something genuine, I'm using a strong word here, genuine and sincere about the person uh, presenting the story? We're going back to Unmall's four H's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't want to pay royalties there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> but is there something sincere? Yes. I need to know you're sincere. Yeah. Well, but by the way, that's why some people look at the presentation and some people look at the presenter. 
So right. it's uh, um, it's a whole package, but but it is a package. I tell, I mean, the reminder to all the entrepreneurs: this is a teaser. You're just asking people to want to learn more. So you're mm-hmm. not presenting a, a, a ten-hour present in-depth presentation. It's more: here's a teaser. If you'd mm-hmm. like to hear more, we're available. So um, sure. Uh, so we have to move to our next segment, which yes. is uh, 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 callers and uh, um, comments or suggestions from from listeners. So we have one. So we're going to listen to it first. It's from a uh, from a person we know, Ryan, and uh, we'll hear what his question is, and then we'll try to answer it. Uh, thanks so much for the podcast. I'm enjoying it greatly. And uh, one topic I'd love to hear a little bit more about is the actual mechanics of syndication between angel groups, especially from a perspective where the angel group or where one angel group doesn't invest centrally. You know, for example, how would Life Science Angels or Boston Harbor Angels uh, deal with uh, a syndication attempt from a group like us where we don't actually do direct investment, uh, we just curate deals for our investors to, to lead the way? Um, so what does that interaction look like? All right. Well, thanks, Ryan. Yeah, it's a great so, question. Yeah. So syndication, holy, I mean, we need to do yeah. 10 shows about syndication, but we'll try we, to we answer can. it as much let's, as we can. Let's define it. Let's define syndication. Just, Ziad, why don't you define syndication? What does it actually mean? Well, in, in, in French, do you want the in French or in English? Go for it. I, I'm sure we have French listeners. In French. <laughs> well, the, 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 to syndicate is, uh, I don't know, in fact, we should look up the actual English uh, definition. To syndicate yeah. Yeah. is yeah. to collaborate, is to uh, include multiple uh, stakeholders in something, mm-hmm. uh, um, uh, also to lobby. A syndicate also is uh, a group that represents another group mm-hmm. uh, for workers. In our world, is basically having multiple investment entities collaborate and invest in one deal and follow a lead. Am I correct? I, I totally agree with you. So, so some, so, so Ryan's question was specifically, I'm going to use his quotes here, the mechanics of syndication. And particularly his question was, what do we do when we're not central to you know, Life Science Angels or Boston Harbor Angels, and we're not always in all of your syndications. What do we do? What are the mechanics of that? And so the concept there is Ryan has found an exciting deal. Their group has decided to make an investment. It's done by individuals. They've done their due diligence. And um, now they want to tell other groups about their deal. That's so, the question that he's asking is, how do we get other people to invest in our deal? So you're talking about the structure of having a lead mm-hmm. and, then, and then syndicate that deal. So you have other groups, individuals, family offices, whatever, follow, mm-hmm. right? So you need to That's have right. a lead. You can, can you, okay, question for our expert here. Mm-hmm. Can you syndicate without a lead? No, it's it, no. It, it doesn't it doesn't work, right? You so have you need to a have, lead. You need a lead. So that's the mecha- one of the mechanics of it is fine. 
your group has invested $200,000. The company needs a million. So there's $800,000 left over. And you want to have angel groups across Canada, Mexico, United States to co-invest with you to fill the remaining $800,000. So step one, mm-hmm. step one, be or find a lead, mm-hmm. right? Be then, or find. I'm, so, I'm glad you said that. Be, be the lead or find the lead. Yes. And the lead sets the terms. We're going to have and a whole discussion on terms. But, but, but so, so typically, again, the deal, again, I want to make sure everyone's on board with vocabulary. So the terms or the term sheet or uh, the letter of, of uh, the legal letter of how we're going to make this investment, the terms of the term sheet are set by a negotiation between the entrepreneur and the lead investor. Correct. Mm-hmm. And once you're, so the two items are, uh, people assume that the, the group that's leading has done the due diligence and uh, also the, the terms are set. So if there's commitment, it's supply and demand, right? So if someone committed money at certain terms, that's it. So the terms are set. Unless someone comes and says, well, I'll put a lot more and let's renegotiate. And then you call your friends and say, can you take a look at this deal? We'd love to syndicate with you. And that's the question that I have. So everybody's advocating syndication, but um, do people really syndicate? And can you syndicate in a mechanical way as opposed to with friends. So uh, meaning you go to a syndication meeting or conference call or whatever, Mm -hmm. as opposed Mm -hmm. to if you're truly syndicating, you just call your five, six or, or eight friends that you know, you have their cell phone, you call Mm -hmm. them up and you say, Faz, I have Mm -hmm. this great deal. Can you take a look at it? We, we just did that recently, didn't we? Did. We did. And then Faz says, I'm sorry, I'm swamped. I don't have time. I'll try. Uh, right. we're, we're... So the question, so here's my, my tough question. This is really the toughest question of this episode. Episode okay. five, by the way. Uh-huh. Um, most groups that have deep pockets and a large membership can fund amazing deals in-house. So then the deals that get syndicated are the second tier deals. Interesting. Is that a valid point? You know, you have really amazing questions to ask. And, and then we're not. Do you, have ans- do you also have answers? <laughs> I do. <laughs> do you just ask questions? I say the super, 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 super amazing deals get funded inside the room. Wedding. No, no question. But there are so many deals and so many deals that will be the next amazing deals. Yeah. And and you think about the next round. So the more investors are in the early rounds, the better off everybody is. And then so you have more people uh, um, and it's uh, spreading the uh, uh, spreading the love syndication. Yeah. Yeah. Can I can I restate that in in West Coast language? Yeah. You're 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 very sophisticated, so I <laughs> I want to I want to simplify it to to my level of thinking. So this is my advice to entrepreneurs. Fine, 
you can raise a million dollars from one group, okay? So now you have one group that is in the deal and you're gonna have another round. You're gonna have a requirement for fundraising on the next financing. And then when you go beyond your one group to get to the next round of financing where you need more money, all of a sudden you're gonna have to tell your more expensive story, your more successful story, your higher valuation story to a group of people outside of the original group who've never heard of the deal. And also, by the way, are probably feeling left out. So my suggestion is if you can help it, and I know money is a lot of the driver for most entrepreneurs, but it's not money. It's really about being strategic. If you bring a diverse group of investors to the table and have representation from, let's just say East Coast, West Coast, Mid Coast, it doesn't matter. Then you have a group of champions across the country that are happy to support you because they, they know of your success, they know of your story, they know of your achievements, and then they're also primed to keep investing on the next round of finance. And they'll use, they'll activate their networks as well. So you have a network effect and a tsunami of investors will hit you if your business is is achieving its goals and it's it builds a buzz around it and it's the hottest thing around. And this is exactly what, (laughs) what we've been through for a deal that you and I are involved with. My advice as a board member to the entrepreneur has always been, look, I know these family offices can take a larger bite of your round, but let's actually set a parameter of here's a limit for this round. The next round you have your pro rata rights, but we want to have more than one family office. Well, it's like saying, would you, if I, would you, would you advise an entrepreneur to take the, let's say there's one investor willing to take the whole round. Right. And then, or you can get four investors. So some people immediately say, no, 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 no. I want the big check. I don't want to deal with multiple, multiple investors, but some wise people would say, you know what, take on more investors because you need that depth. You need the network. Um, Having just one investor is not. uh, And those investors in general, when they come in in the first round, then in the second round, they tell you, you know, we need to validate this, go get more investors. And you haven't Mm -hmm. primed yourself for that. So now you're stuck. Precisely. Precisely. Honestly, I I think it's wise to be in a position where you can have uh, multiple investors at your table and more input early on is extremely valuable. Um, The successful entrepreneurs are able to receive feedback and guidance in a meaningful way and manage the relationships so that it's not distracting, but it does add value at the end of the day. It's hard. It's, it's are hard. you okay? Are you okay with having a hundred investors on a cap table? So, so the cap table, which is also short for capitalization table, which is a list essentially of investors and their proportion uh, thereof the company's equity, including the founders. So, if the cap table looks messy, which you just described as a hundred individuals with 
certain amounts of money in it. If it's messy and there's micro amounts in there, no, I'm not comfortable with that. Again, that's something that the entrepreneur or their CFO or their accounting firm should assist with. I would rather see a clean cap table where there's at least some uh, larger entity like an LLC structure that represents most of those uh, those ownerships. And that's so, what I keep saying. This is my saying. I'm going to repeat mm-hmm. them. Show me your cap table. <laughs> I'll tell you who you are. I think you're, are, do you have a book coming out soon? I, <laughs> I think will. you've got a <laughs> I, will. I love your expression. Uh, it's all true. these are on our website. Yes. We don't have yes. a website yet. Well, we, have a, we have a URL. We will. We will. We yeah, will. We will. Um, it's hard. It's, it's the analogy is cooking. I, I love this analogy where you have ingredients yeah. and then you have now to cook a good meal. You have investors, you have IP, you have vendors, you have founders, you have how can you structure it to look good now, the next round, and yeah. it's hard. That's why 85 to 90% of businesses fail. Yeah, but it doesn't have to be, Ziad. And again, I think I'm, I'm hoping that what we're trying to share here with everyone is it doesn't have to be. And everything we've said, you know, while it sounds sophisticated, while it sounds like it's big words or vocabulary, it's not rocket science. You know, you need good advice. You need good mentors, uh, people who you can trust, who essentially tell you, this is really the cleanest way to do this. And this is the appropriate way. By the way, instead of sending a whole bunch of emails with 10,000 attachments, why don't you create a deal room, a secure oh, website where your documents yeah. live so that every time somebody asks yeah. you a question, you know how to refer them to the appropriate spot. in what, your uh, well, uh, Some of our listeners are asking us to name mm-hmm. the resources so sure. can you name a deal room that tool that you recommend? I mean, there's yeah, you Dropbox, know, which is a simple. Uh, true, true. Uh, you know, on a very rudimentary level, you know, um, the, the sites that have uh, the ability for you to store documents that have, you know, uh, secure socket layers, meaning it's, it's secure, it's private. You know, Google has actually such a thing um, on their spaces, so you can actually use that. Yes, Dropbox and Box and others. And then there are the more um, more uh, dedicated, professional, um, specifically designed for this type of purpose. You could refer to Carta, Carta.com as kind mm, of one Carta of those is, things, is, right? is coming up. It's becoming... Uh, maybe- yeah. It can become uh, one of our sponsors. sponsors. <laughs> yeah, we can't. <laughs> That's why I refrain from kind of saying names, but but it's, but some of the rudimentary things that are already out there, people know of them. You just basically make it easy for people to ask you questions. I just received a document, uh, a spreadsheet, essentially a Google sheet from an entrepreneur who instead of you know letting me ask like the same question over and over again, which I did anyway, uh, he sent me, uh, a spreadsheet that had FAQs on it, frequently asked questions. So he had collected all of these questions that people had asked him, and he had actually put together a spreadsheet where he that's brilliant, really smart. Why not? Well, because I'm you're sure. you're preempting all these questions, and and uh, and that's where to go back to the pitch. If you when the pitch ends, 
you don't want the audience to ask basic questions. Those should have been already answered in the presentation. You want people to ask interesting, sophisticated questions to elevate the conversation and make people say, you know what, that person knows what they're doing and uh, they have it all together. They've already thought it through. Uh, It's like a chess game. They've positioned their pieces for future gains, not... See, again, again, you always use the sophisticated analogies. Let me use a very plain and simple analogy. Is this East Coast and West Coast? <laughs> I'm afraid so. But let me just put it this way. The story is a train track. The story is a train track. You're laying out a very straight line that you're trying to get us from beginning to end without falling off the train track. Every question that a attendee or audience member or angel asks throws the story off the train track the best presentation in my opinion yes uh is the one where there are no basic questions but it just comes down to refining uh a very important concept you know please tell me a little bit more about your plans for five years from now so it's a train track keep keep the focus on telling the story in a manner that answers all the basic questions i'm going to add Mm-hmm. To your to your analogy, mm-hmm. you're going to like that. You're going to add and a chessboard to it. I know. No, you <laughs> no, no, no. It's a train. It's okay. about trains. Okay. And then give give your audience the clear inferred message uh-huh. that the train is moving, yeah. with or without you, but would love to have you on the train. Good so point. no one feels that, you know, yeah. this train is not going to move right. unless I invest. No, no, the train is moving. Right. And, right. and we'd love to have you on board. But if you don't want to, it's, it's right. going to move without you. And that's, that's where right. FOMO kicks in. I, FOMO, what is that? To explain that acronym. Fear I, of missing out. Then, <laughs> I thought I was. I thought I was the acronym king. But the, no, that's a, that's. A, okay. And I don't know if it's a good strategy to invest. You don't invest with FOMO. No. There are two things: never drink and invest, and never invest because of FOMO. <laughs> <laughs> Another one. Someone, so, please write these things down. It's yeah, going into a book. No, we're going to repeat them every show because oh, we're good. running out, so we're good. recycling them. Okay. And, and I love uh, it. I love it. So uh, we're coming to the end. I'd like to remind people that if you want to reach us, the email is talk at zidandfiz.com. And uh, we will have uh, listener questions and uh, they can be uh, serious like Ryan's or Mm -hmm. they can be funny. We'll see. We also have been receiving comments and questions by email and we will uh, uh, read them and uh, address them. So thank you, Faz. See you next time. Thank you, Ziad.